place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where the no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow In Sunspots Comics now What was I thinking? All this rage It's the end of the world Spreading my hatred, I must sound insane. Hello, hot comic book fans. Welcome to the Sunspots Comics Podcast number 182, where I recommend and only lovingly review the best of the new comic books that just came out this last new comic book day, Wednesday, November 7th. And this particular podcast will now activate its wonder powers. Explosion sound kit. Cue the. Uh, whatever. <laughs> I am your friendly neighborhood host, Chris Latori. I am here with a special co-host guest, Mr. Ian Yarrington. How you doing, Ian? Hey, doing great. Thanks for having me on. Oh, man. Thanks so much for, for coming on. I can't wait to uh, discuss a bunch of things with you. Please hit the subscribe button to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. Check out all of our past podcasts on our giant podcast feed. And follow us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Xbox Live, YouTube, all in one place, at Sunspots Comics. And can you also follow Ian? Give him your plug, Ian. Uh, on Twitter, Ian D. Yarrington, it's I-A-N-D-Y-A-R-I-N-G-T-O-N. It's full thank name. Thank you for that. Appreciate it, Ian. And I always like to start the show with some humble thank yous. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Thank you for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. We really appreciate it. Whether you're just trying us out for the first time or you're just one of our Sunspots Comics loyalists, seriously, from the bottom of my heart, thank you for choosing the Sunspots Comics Podcast. And also, thank you, Ian, our co-host here. Thanks for coming on, man. Like, I really appreciate it. Absolutely, man. I'm I'm so stoked. This is my first podcast. First ever? Yeah. Awesome. Are you ready to just nerd out with me for a little bit? Oh, absolutely. Are you kidding? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I can't wait. Thank you also to my friend Nick Papa George for singing our fantastic Sunspots Comics theme song. Please check out his solo singing stuff on Facebook.com slash PopDees. And his band, Solution, at Facebook.com slash Solution Reggae. If you love reggae and rock and just guitar-based feel-good music, you're going to love the sounds of my friend Nick Papa Georgian's band, Solution. So check them out. Thank you, Nick. And also thank you to our sponsor, Pop-Up Tea. Check out their super giant selection of nerdy t-shirts at popuptea.com. Have you ever gone there, Ian, and checked out their stuff? No, but uh, I really do like Pop George's stuff. He's cool. I, I like his stuff a lot. Yeah, you got to check them out. They have everything you could possibly imagine, and then some. They, I love when they merge other things together. Like, like they put like Zelda and Star Wars together. It's these mashups. They're fantastic. Yeah, but, <laughs> that's cool. Yeah, you got to check it out. But most importantly, use the promotional code Sunspots Comics, and you'll get twenty five percent off of any shirt order, even the clearance stuff. So go check them out at popuptea.com. And, of course, now, let's start. Let's make a giant superhero landing into the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue number 182, starting out with some stuff that's been floating around in our nerd brains. So the first negative nerd lodged ever so deeply inside of our nerdy frontal lobes is a nice little comic book movie-verse conversation that you and I are going to have, that Ian and I are going to have. I'm going to also sprinkle in some interview questions so we can get to know my special co-host guest, Ian Yarrington. So, Ian, why don't you start out with this? This was kind of your idea to have a little talk about kind of the comic book movie-verse and where it's going. So what's on your brain there? Um, I think first I wanted to talk about Aquaman. 
Okay. Because I'm just, I'm so excited. I really love Jason Momoa, and um, I, I'm probably one of very few in this camp, but I like the DCEU. Uh, I think they kind of fell off the rails a little bit, but I think uh, Jason Momoa, I think uh, this new Aquaman movie is going to really bring it back. So I'm really excited for this. Me too. I'm ready to jump right in the deep water with Jason Momoa. Let's just do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, and everything I've seen so far from uh, James Wan and the uh, oh, the uh, the special effects, my goodness. I understand now why he wanted to wait to put out that trailer because this stuff looks fantastic. Yes, good things are worth waiting for. I got a chance to meet James Wan at Comic-Con a couple years ago. It was when he was working on that horror movie that I only watched half of and turned it off. Uh, what was the, what was the <laughs> theme? Um, it was the Conjuring, right? Yes. Was that his? Oh yeah, I only watched half that movie. I had to turn it off. But I met him. They they did a little piece in at at Comic Con, and I actually got to talk to him like one on one after this uh, screening of it. They had people from that were actually in that house because it's based on a true story mm. that were in their eighties. So. I mean, yeah, it was frightening, but I got to talk to him, and he was just the nicest guy ever. And you could, you just, what was odd too is that he's Australian, but you know he's Asian. So, you know, you obviously have this stereotype when he's about to start talking, and then he, this Australian accent came out of him. So I was like, what? I was confused yeah. at first. You know, my brain was trying to process that, as we all do. Yeah. Throws you <laughs> off a little bit, and you're like, does. wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, but it was, it was, I was pleasantly happy listening to him with his, you know, his Australian accent. But uh, yeah, there's, I just get a sense of him that he's just, he's just super smart, he's super detailed, he does his homework, he researches, and he ultimately has us waiting for something that I think is going to have a big payoff as well. And I agree with you, I'm a fan of the DC Universe movies. I like the change of gears from all the Marvel movies we get, and I love them too, but I just like the different tone that they bring, and it's just, it's just a little odd. It's, yes, it's a little, sometimes a little more comic book goofy, but I'm with you, man. I agree. I love the DC Universe movies. Yeah, definitely, and uh, uh, it's not just Aquaman. I think Shazam looks pretty good. Um, I can't wait to see what they do with that because I just I really want to see them be successful. I want to see them rewrite uh, rewrite history, or at least you know get on that course of being successful. Like I know they can. You know, I think the Justice League was a a bit of a step back. Um, I think they kind of should have stuck more to what they had planned. But I think they kind of got scared and pulled back a little bit. Uh, and I just, I don't think they did that with Aquaman. So I'm really excited. Yeah, not only the scared and pulled back, I agree. But the tragedy that happened with uh, Zack Snyder's daughter, you know, that they had yeah. to kind of kind of get yanked for, the, you know, to, to take care of life. And, and I think that was, you know, hard for them to focus on making a superhero movie when that tragedy was going on with their daughter, you know, happened to their yeah. daughter. Yeah, and um, I think... I think that tragedy coupled with uh, Joss Whedon coming in and yeah. trying to make his stamp, I think uh, it would have been a bit better served if Joss stuck to uh, Snyder's vision a little bit more, maybe. And they continually tease us in various articles every so often that there is that Zack Snyder version that we may see one day. I, I hope we do. I honestly do. Yeah, yeah, I do too. That would be that would be nice. I also kind of think that they could. Um, I think they could pick it back up and do something with Darkseid if yes. they wanted to, you know? I think that was what they and originally planned. Anyway, they should have yeah, they should have gone with that and then and then hire someone and pay them more than like six dollars an hour to do, you know, Superman's lip. 
you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I even saw there was a guy online that with Photoshop uh, redid all the scenes of his lip that looked so horribly, you know, fake and rubbery. Uh, or Shrek-like is the way a lot yeah. of people describe it. And <laughs> yeah. this this guy cleaned it up from his home computer with Photoshop in 10 minutes. You know, so there's no excuse as to why that, that was like that. I mean, it's just so goofy. It, it, it takes me away. I'm staring at his top lip the whole time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't uh, – <laughs> no argument there. <laughs> <laughs> they did, however, I think they did a good job with Cyborg. Yeah, sure. It's a character that I went in not caring about. I, I I kind of enjoyed it. I mean, he was I would say the the low on the totem pole for me. He was like absolute last, right, as far as my area of interest goes. But, yeah, but me too. But then I was pleasantly surprised and like happy with kind of what they did with him. So I was all right with that. But going back to your Shazam statement, I agree. I think that's going to be a sleeper that a lot of people really aren't expecting to be as good as it's going to be. I think I think it. For some reason in my mind, I think it'll even probably be re- reviewed better than Aquaman. Um, yeah, yeah, I could see that. I've possibly. heard Aquaman's runtime is very long. They're, they're talking about it being over three hours. I think Shazam is going to be just a kind of fun, a little more lighthearted, but yet superhero kind of heart feel in there. Aquaman's just going to be so out there, right? And hard to yeah. do and underwater. And there's so many things kind of going against it when you think about it as far as a movie goes exactly that's why i'm excited though because i'm really i really definitely um in my mind everything is on james wan and and i think he's brilliant so i think it's going to be good yeah i agree um i always go in with uh the utmost amount of hope and all fingers everything crossed uh, yeah most definitely i go in i give them the benefit of the doubt i'm i try to go in with low expectations and turn off my you know my my cap of continuity. Just accept the movie for what it is. I'm yeah. That that's something I struggled with at first, uh, admittedly. But now that now that they um, are most definitely set, especially the MCU is set in their own their own verse, their own thing. I I can accept it much more. <laughs> sure. I bet you one day they'll call it their own. It's Earth. You know, nine one seven. You know they're gonna yeah yeah exactly. <laughs> And it'll be Earth Twelve or whatever, you know. They'll they'll set it aside. But yeah, I'm able to turn off that cap of continuity and accept it for what it is. But um, also, you wanted to talk a little bit about the Marvel, the MCU, and kind of where that's going. What are your thoughts there? Oh, uh, yeah. With Avengers Four, um, the only thing I've seen is um, a little bit of maybe complaining. I don't want to say maybe it's complaining, but oh, it's going to be over three hours. It's like, well, you know, you can make that five, six, seven hours, and it probably wouldn't bother me. <laughs> no. Yeah, like that's that's in no way can be taken as a negative, in my opinion. The more yeah, comic book yeah. movie I get, the better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, and especially this, because uh wasn't, you know, wasn't the first one uh, a little bit uh, long on the runtime. It went by, and <laughs> no pun intended, but it went by like the snap of a finger. <laughs> it went by like a like a, a cloud of dust in front of yeah, you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Poof, it was gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but Mr. Stark, I, I, I don't want to go, Mr. Stark. It's too yeah. not now. <laughs> I thought that was the only little. I I I didn't get emotional on that little part where where spoiler of course if you haven't seen Avengers come on where Spider Man is dying. Um, you know, and Mr. Stark, you know, I, I don't know. It just it caught me as silly at the time. <laughs> it was just like, oh, they're trying to, they're going for it here. You know, they're, 
Yeah. No, I definitely, as soon as he snapped, I was like, no, they didn't. No way. In the first one. Right. All right. Well. They're going there. Yeah. yeah, it's a good setup, too. You know, you know, everybody's real curious to see where this next movie goes. Yeah, you know, which one had me gasping was the, uh, and again, little light spoiler if you haven't seen Ant-Man and the Wasp yet, but did you see the extra scene, the extra credit scene at the end of Ant-Man oh, and the yeah. Wasp? Yeah. We don't even have to say what it is, but man, I gasped, right? The whole theater gasped at that scene. I thought it was yeah. great. Um, It just kind of left me wondering, you know? Sure. Um, I, I mean, I definitely was like, oh, no way. But but I, then I immediately went to, whoa, how are they going to get him? Who's going to go get him? Is right. this going to be in Avengers 4? What's going on? It, that, just, it just made me question even more, you know? Yeah, I just kind of felt like he's getting a timeout. He's going to have a timeout uh, yep, for the next exactly. movie maybe. They're going to leave Or I, I assume they're going to rescue him somehow. Right. How can they get there? I mean, I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's the whole that's the whole question right there. That's what I was thinking, you know. I'm a big sucker for big cliffhangers, so that was for me it was just like I love it. It just gives me some oh, of them for some reason big cliffhangers that leave you with all these questions give me just like the chills. I just kind of love it when I get surprised and I didn't see a left turn coming. I dig that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely, definitely. But uh, now if we could change gears, we can go back to the movie stuff. But I just had some like kind of general questions for you, being that you're on the show for the first time. It's your first podcast. So give me a little bit about your comic book origin. Like how did you find them? Ooh, um, that's, a good, that's a good question. I think <laughs> the first time I noticed comic books – well, let me, let me rewind. The first thing I remember is X-Men on – TV Saturday mornings, you know. Uh, so was that your was that your first official gateway right there? Was that it? X-Men yes, cartoon? but right. I didn't know just yet that that's what it was. That they're on paper. Yeah. See, I ended <laughs> up riding my bike all around town, and I came to this uh, comic book shop, and I I was like, "What's this? They have you know X Men posters and you know all this kind of cool stuff and." I was like, hey, maybe I'll go in here real quick. Well, as soon as I went in and I realized, I was like, oh, you know, <laughs> the X-Men are in comics and Superman and Batman and, you know, like, and this was the uh, the early 90s, right? So it was, it was all the big comic book boom type stuff, you know, and Jim Lee and was on the X-Men and just all this stuff. And I, I went in and it was like, the, you know, it was like angels started singing and the Holy Grail, and <laughs> it was amazing. So that was my first, uh, you know, that's when I first came in and fell in love with comics. But being a broke child, I didn't really, you know, uh, read a lot of them. Uh, luckily, one of the fellows at this comic book store would let me kind of linger and kind of <laughs> and mooch look at stuff. Yeah, you know, uh, he was a good he was a good fella. I don't remember his name, unfortunately, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, you, that was good times. Do you remember the very first comic you read? Um, not particularly. I do remember uh, the first one that I saw on the stands was um, uh, it was the one where Superman is in the rubble uh, after the during the Superman's uh, the death of Superman. Okay, and I remember uh, whichever random uh, X Men was on the stands at the same time. I remember those, and I remember uh, 
that was the first time looking at those and I realized that DC and Marvel were two different things. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. You're like, whoa, two different worlds, two different rules, two different like continuities. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I was like, oh, and never shall the twine meet, right? Right. That's crazy. And and how did it go from your humble beginnings with comics to where you like now at, at Stargazers in Tacoma, Washington, where we met uh, with the owners, Jeremy and Damien, by the way. Hello, guys. <laughs> yes. Hello, fellas. How did you get from there to now you have a pull list and a comic book shop? How did it get from there to there? Um, I think I think I always kind of loved it. And I um, randomly read comics pretty much most of my life. <clears throat> but I didn't. Uh, I mean, comicsology and stuff like that. But I didn't ha- have a true pull list until. Uh, these guys came to town and, uh, as soon as I went into their shop and I met with them and, uh, we were talking a little bit, they just, they pulled me right in and, um, I've been buying floppies from them, uh, with a ridiculous somewhere around, you know, 10 to 30 comics a week. Respectable. Um, Yeah, definitely. I think I hit 29 this week. (laughs) Yeah, this was like one of the biggest for me too. Like, and, and I'll have to say that's kind of, uh. You know, we met each other there, and then I see your pull list. It looks a whole lot like mine. And, yeah. uh, and, and and thank you for all of your support of Sunspots Comics. You're always, like, retweeting and liking and everything. I really it, – it means a lot to me. And then I'm like, my goodness, like, we feel the same on a lot of these comics. I'm like, you would be a great co-host. Like, so that's why that's why you're here. So thank you oh, again. Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> I appreciate it. I've, I love your podcast and uh... – it's it's the same. I, I enjoy I enjoy somebody with a positive outlook that um, is looking at these comics positively. Um, I, I do reviews, by the way, with um, comicbook.com. That's nice. book like B O O K E D. Okay. Um, and I always do positive. I never if if I don't enjoy something, then I just simply don't write about it. There you go. That's like Sunspots Comics rule one right there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and, and and here's the thing is just because I don't doesn't mean that somebody else might not uh, enjoy it, you know. Uh, exactly. And I try not to ruin it for other folks. <laughs> yes, we were just talking about the Kevin Smith, uh, you know, every just describing everything he sees from every single second. And and there's not a lot of podcasts out there that, that don't spoil and ruin, um, you know, comics for you, especially new stuff that's coming out every week. It's not like... Um, a lot of these podcasts dig up old stuff and spoil them. It's like they're spoiling brand new things that come out every week. It's weird. Yeah, but. exactly. And I, I definitely try to avoid that. I, I do a lot of writing about indie stuff, uh, Kickstarters and whatnot, because I feel like those people probably need the exposure a little bit more than uh, DC and and Marvel. You know? Oh, I wholeheartedly agree. That's why I, that's another Sunspots Comics rule number two. I've I've tried to you know go after indie creators and have them here on the podcast. If you go look at the feed, there's you know, a bunch of them in there, I, I definitely feel like they need the extra help. And I'm a creator myself, so it's tough to get out there. So anything that the Sunspots Comics podcast can do to help, I'm all aboard. So thank you for that, too. You're, you're writing a lot about it. That's great. Yeah, absolutely. And I can tell by your pull list, indie comics is just what you're, what you're into. Like, you know, I met you because I work for Aftershock Comics, and actually Jeremy at the store at Stargazers in Tacoma, Washington, said... Uh, you're their number one Aftershock Comics collector. Your your pull list has a ton of Aftershock in it. Oh, definitely. Definitely. I love Aftershock stuff. Um, uh, speaking of, of Aftershock, man, Baby Teeth. Yes. Uh, 
Yeah, getting a little movie action going on there. That's going to be really cool. I can't wait. I can't wait. They have so many things uh, in the uh, in the works there at Aftershock as well that I can't even, some I can't discuss, that uh, are so exciting. But if I had to, like I said, gun to my head, pick one Aftershock that comic that's my favorite, it's Baby Teeth. Yeah, I well, I, I'm a little bit biased because I think right now Donnie Cates definitely one of my favorite uh, writers. But... I think right up there is Marguerite Bennett's uh, Animosity and yes. Anim- Animosity Evolution. Yes. Oh, so good, man. So good. It's very good. Yeah, and congrats to her, too, with with the movie deal with Legendary Films. It's just. It's, oh, it's, see, I didn't even know that. There yeah, we go. Yeah, that one's out there. I can talk about that one. but And it's, oh, right. it's movie deals, I guess. It's not just a singular movie situation. Oh, good. I may have said too much, but yeah, who cares? Um, <laughs> but they all listen. All you have to, but anyway, hi guys. You're, you're first, first, folks. <laughs> yeah, right. But uh, yeah, man, it's uh, it's just all fun stuff. So you know, thank you for your support of AfterShock. Thanks for your, you know, you just having the like mindedness of me. And uh, oh, going back, sprinkling in uh, as uh, I just found out recently on an article. Uh, Daredevil uh, potentially looking to make their move into the movie world. How do you feel about that? Oh yeah, if he could join the MCU, I you know I'm at this point when people uh, talk about maybe putting too many folks in Avengers and stuff like that. I'm like, nah, just go ahead and give me all of them. Yeah, yeah. Just put me... all of them in there, and we'll we'll sort it out. I'm sure uh, <laughs> they seem to be doing just fine now. So if you can add these fellas, the uh, the Netflix people to. Uh, to the MCU, I would not, I would not cry one bit. No, I hope they even do something unique because they are talking about uh, potentially both TV and movies, like simultaneously. Wouldn't it be great if, like, the movie were the last two like episodes of a season, and they were like the big ending? You know, they finish those off in the theater. Like something like that would be, you know, very cool. It would be like a community event because you got 13 hours of binging and then two hours in the theater, you know? Like yeah, that would be cool. It. Isn't that something they tried to do with uh, with uh, IMAX um, on in the human. uh, Inhumans? Yeah, and they failed miserably on that. It's like when they swept under the carpet, too, it just kind of went away. You yeah. that? <laughs> but, but you know that's okay as long as uh you know if you if you fail it's fine it's how you get back up right exactly you so learn if more they get back up with daredevil i'd be happy <laughs> yeah you learn more from failure so i think they they've they've got a different approach to it this time and even um charlie cox was cornered at comic-con saying like hey what are your thoughts on potentially daredevil going to the screen and he just kind of fumbly mumbly you could tell he was like you know couldn't say anything about it but it's it's kind of being seriously discussed well i'll tell you what um he is burned in my mind as as uh matt murdoch for sure right absolutely yeah, I, I think he does a fabulous job yeah especially this season putting an exclamation point on all three seasons honestly it's my favorite uh, podcast 180 you can hear me talk about daredevil season three which i absolutely loved did you see it all did you watch it no, I haven't got to it yet. Oh, you gotta, you gotta. You've seen the other two seasons, though, right? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man, you gotta, you gotta go binge. You know, you and Amber sit down and don't move for fourteen hours. Just sit there. Right. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah, a lot, pretty yeah. much. I think I fell off around the new just after Defenders. I haven't seen anything else yet. Yeah, I tell people to just go and watch Daredevil and Punisher. That's it, and you'll you'll be fine. That's- that's what I've heard, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you want to dip into Defenders, watch the last two episodes of Defenders. 
But that's just kind <laughs> yeah. of my yeah. Just stick with that. Uh, maybe even the last episode of Jessica Jones and the last episode of of Luke Cage, and you'll be fine. Including Iron Fist. Just watch all the last ones, and you're you're fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have to spend the eighteen hours. But uh, yeah, man, that's a that's a lot of TV. It's a lot of television. Yeah, and I just man with with our kind of poll list, it's hard for me to find that kind of time. Heck yeah, you and I know like when we are reading anywhere between ten to twenty comics a week, it's your primary hobby, right? It's hard to do any other hobby. Yeah, totally. Do you have any? I mean, you and I both like hockey. Besides comic books and hockey, is there a third thing of interest? Um, there can't be. There's no time. Yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I had another hobby, my girlfriend would break up with me. Yeah, no, no. Yeah, you can't do that. You gotta keep the relationship. Uh-uh. <laughs> I know there's just no not enough time in the day. Well, hey, I think we can move on from this uh, subject, unless there's any other sort of movie, comic book uh, conversation you want to go back to, or we're ready to move on? No, yeah, let's keep the ball rolling. Let's, let's roll the ball. Uh, <laughs> the next thing that's floating around inside of our nerdy brains is they made a Black Friday announcement that the PlayStation 4 with Spider-Man bundle is going to be like $200 off at $199. So i got to ask you, Ian, because this is just every, I don't have a PlayStation 4. Do you have one? I do, yeah. Do you have Spider-Man? Uh no. No. Okay. So, uh, good. I was hoping you didn't spoil it. But I've seen some things online and on YouTube about all the different outfits, all of the nods to comic book, you know, the original source material of Spider-Man. Um, from even like bonus materials of like comic book covers, it's just like one of the deepest, one of the longest, and one of the just most polished superhero games ever created. It's just getting such positive buzz, and uh, I need it in my life badly, and I don't have a PS4, so that's just been floating around. Are you going to get the game eventually? Have you? Is it on your your video game pull list? Is there such a uh, thing? <laughs> yeah, kind of. <laughs> um, right now, yeah, Spider-Man and Red Dead Two are probably the only ones that I I have on my. <clears throat> on my to buy list but uh maybe christmas maybe after new year's i don't have any any plans but hey you know uh like i said christmas might uh santa claus might drop something on my way there you go if you've been good but if not you forget it you're getting nothing yeah. <laughs> a lump of coal in a ps4 box right that's right an empty <laughs> ps4 box with dirt in it <laughs> But uh, I'm just hoping to get it. I mean, I know it's a Black Friday thing, you know, limited supply, etc. But such a great deal for 200 bucks for the game and the PS4 console, which I don't have. So uh, if, if a rich billionaire is listening right now and they just want to send stuff out to random people, right? <laughs> just in case, PlayStation 4 and Spider-Man, putting it out there. <laughs> but I'm super excited about that. So uh, get that game, man. Let me know how it is because... Uh, Sure, it's gonna yeah, be I've heard nothing but good things. So, but what am I saying? We don't have time for a third hobby. We can't squeeze it in. There's no time. Right. right. But, it, <laughs> <laughs> but the last thing that's floating around inside of my nerd brain is that I'm actually creating my very own comic book called Zombie Destroyers. It's been a ton of fun. It's a dream come true. I've always wanted to create my own comic and do it my way. Have you had a chance, Ian, to look at the sample pages I've listed on SunspotsComics.com? Uh, yeah, a couple of them. Uh, I cool. remember watching a little video that you did, I think, with the colorist, uh, Caroline, right? Yes, that's correct. Yeah, I remember watching that video, man. You guys look so happy and like you're having so much fun. I know, so you, can see all, you can see all my teeth in that in that smile, right? I'm <laughs> just right, so happy. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> 
But uh, I'm actually created it. I'm writing it. I'm doing lettering as well. Please follow the Zombie Destroyers team. You have artist Juan Mora at Young Minded Giant and Jordan Hudson at Skablad and colorist Caroline Nolasco at Carol N. Art. And thank you to all of the Zombie Destroyers team. And like I said, if you want to see what it looks like, just go over to sunspotscomics.com and click on Zombie Destroyers. There's three colored sample pages there for you. And a quick mention uh, about our segment called Spotlighting. And Spotlighting is where I have some great conversations with the comic book creators out there. I've got a bunch on the feed. Check out Sunspots Comics issue 159. I interviewed a comic book creator called Nandini Bapat. She did this great, heartwarming comic book about her grandfather's life called Aja. Check it out on Sunspots Comics Podcast 159. You should check it out, Ian, if you're into indie creators. It's something that it, it actually, when I read it, it teared me up a little. It's uh, on Comixology and everywhere. Check it out. It's called Aja. It's spelled A-J-A. I'm recommending it to you, Ian. Check it out. Yeah, definitely. And also check out a spotlighting interview I'm very proud of. It's when I interviewed a movie director and comic book artist named Troy Nixie. He he does a comic book called Vinegar Teeth, which I loved. His art is very odd, and it's just weird and twisted. Oh, yeah, yeah. I had that on my poll. Yes. You haven't read it yet? Uh, No, I did. I read... uh, I've read... um... Actually, no, there's only four, so I've read it all, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. Yeah, it's weird, right? And his art is yeah. trippy. But I really enjoyed it, and he actually directed a movie um, written by Guillermo del Toro. It's called Don't Be Afraid of the Dark. And I really enjoyed it, and I don't enjoy a lot of horror movies, so I definitely recommend seeing that. But we talk about his comic book, Vinegar Teeth, and the movie, and everything, and so much more. Check it out. It's on the Sunspots Comics feed. It's my interview with Troy Nixie. And there are a bunch of coming up. Uh, just there's at least four spotlighting interviews coming up very soon uh, so stay tuned for that and we want to help you struggling comic book creators if you work in comic books or you're trying to break in like me let's have a chat send me a message or a review copy of your comic book to my email chris at sunspotscomics.com or message me at sunspotscomics.com I've got a bunch that I actually still have to read thank you to everyone that sent something I'm going through some very soon when I have a smaller week of pulls to get caught up <laughs> i mean you too right you had 29 ian you said on your yeah, pull list yeah i mean ridiculous i'm pulling i'm pulling all-nighters just to get through my pull list right and it's like you also don't want to force it or push it or read it too fast you want to enjoy it but at the same time 29 if yeah. you take five or between five and 15 minutes to read each one because it's always somewhere there right like some are real fast they're like five minutes and then some are dense and you have to reread them so 29 comics can take like six hours of reading Oh yeah, easy. Yeah. So man, I know how, I know you beat me by five too. Twenty four is what I had, but anyway, now on to the main course, the centerpiece, the epicenter of the Sunspots Comics podcast, which is my comic book recommendations, where we share with you our favorite picks of the new comic books that just came out, the new stuff, new comic book day Wednesday, November seventh, and just in case, super duper light, semi spoiler ish alert. I like that you and I, Ian, are on the same page when it comes to spoilers. We don't want to just ruin comics for people. Yeah, definitely not. I that's my big um, my big problem with a lot of, and especially through doing reviews, is I want to tell you enough to get you excited, but it's really hard sometimes to not just you know go all out on on uh, plot and you know writing and stuff and yeah, yeah. So it's definitely a fine line. So I find the more I love something, not to not to. Um, 
Not to ruin anything for anybody. <laughs> exactly. We want you to go and buy these comics. We don't want to ruin them. We don't discuss the last few pages. We only talk about some of the interesting points. I find that the more I love something, the harder for me to keep my mouth shut with it. But I want you to be excited. I want you to go buy them. So, But just in case you've been super duper light, semi-spoiler-ish alerted. And before we get into the comics, Ian and I are going to talk about and announce this week's artist winner and cover artist winner of the week. I'm excited about this. Every week, I pick what I believe to be the best of the comic book art that made my eyeballs the happiest. So we're going to discuss those right now. And surprisingly, you and I had the exact same picks. Why don't you announce who our cover winner is and our artist winner of the week? Uh, Cover was... uh... Uh, Sparrowhawk, which is this like amazing. Uh, I want to say I'm not a huge, like uh, I'm not smart when it comes to art, but it looks like it's like a painted, almost like a oil painting or something. Just yes. so beautiful. His name is Miguel Mercado, and it's a Sparrowhawk issue number two from Boom Comics. Follow him, by the way. I looked him up. He's at Murky Merks. That's M E R K Y. M-E-R-X. But no, I totally agree. He has this painted brush style, and I love the purpley darkness of the whole scene, right? Yeah. Oh, and it, it really um, it really captures the feel of the comic, I think. You know, the way that, uh, like you said, the darkness kind of. It's, it's really kind of a strange dark world that they're entering into. Oh, yes. And it, it, really, it really catches that, and I love it. It's brilliant. It's like she's standing in the moonlight when you really look at it, right? The moon is just hitting the foreground. And yeah, it's like, and it's like there is a break within this dense forest above her, and the moon just shines upon her, and this uh, weird jackalope of hers named Crispin, and she's holding this sword and has blood in her hands, but it's like the moon is lighting her as she's running towards us. Yeah, it's really, really excellent, and the way that, uh, yeah, the way that he contrasts those colors is yeah. just wow. And do you love the slanted angle of the page? I love that. It's just very like Batman 66. It's just totally yeah. on a slant. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then in the darkness, in this purpley darkness with this dense forest, right, you've got this ominous being with like these weird glowy lanterns that are hanging off of him. So he's just lit up from the ground as he's chasing, you know, our main character, Artemisia. I think that's her name. Right? Isn't that just crazy how the eyes look with this ominous character in the dark forest? Yeah, and the whole the forest, everything really again lends to the way that uh, the way that the interior is too. It's just a um, a shadowy, uh, like like scary forest scene throughout most of it, and it's yeah, it's really good. Yeah. So Miguel Mercado, fantastic work on your cover for Sparrowhawk issue number two. It's just a beautiful work of art. I even love the attention to detail with the freckles on her face. Yeah, I think that's kind of key to her character, though. I think you have to nail that for her. Uh, yeah, I love those nods to where we can easily tell who someone is. Yeah, exactly. You know, like, there are a lot of artists out there that don't differentiate enough. You just need something like that that stands out. Freckles, it's perfect. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it, uh, uh, sometimes you'll get those those uh, covers that are the their own take on it, but they kind of don't really look very similar. But this looks very similar to the interior, and I like that. Yes, there isn't this stark change, and it's a different artist too. Miguel Mercado does the cover, but the uh, interior art is uh, Matias Basla. But hats off, man. Thank you, Miguel Mercado. Your cover art is glorious. Again, it's Sparrowhawk, Sparrowhawk issue number two from Boom Comics. Again, follow Miguel Mercado at Murky Mercs with an X at the end. So thank you. You are a cover artist winner of the week, Mr. Miguel Mercado. And our artist winner of the week was? 
Give it to him, Ian. Oh, sorry. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I should have warned you. Sorry. <laughs> uh, Jerome Opeña for uh, Seven to Eternity. Yes, issue number twelve, and we both picked the exact same cover artist and artist winner of the week. I mean, that was crazy. Yeah, yeah. I um, I don't know how you can deny Jerome. He uh, this this whole series has been. Uh, I mean, every single page is something that you could frame and put up. I mean, this guy could literally draw a brick wall, and it would probably drop drop my job. <laughs> yeah, right. He could do like a Allstate Insurance logo and be like, "Wow, yeah, look at yeah, that!" Seriously. <laughs> like, yeah, here's a circle. <laughs> right. What an amazing wow, circle. Amazing. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, Jerome Opeña. I mean, I I've read all of this. I, I do think this is. I mean, it's hard to say which any of them are better, but for some reason, I think he just took a little extra notch, a little extra step with this. Uh, by the way, follow him on uh, everything at Jome Opinion. It's J-O-M-E-O-P-E-N-A. Uh, this is from Image Comics. It's issue number 12. you got to look at this. I'm staring at this one page in the interior that it, it kind of has like this little He-Man feel to it because you've got this glowing blue tiger, and they're like kind of standing at this altar where the primary bad guy is and they're just behind them is like this giant sort of octopus structure and it's just so intricate and like heavily detailed it's beautiful yeah i think uh, after after the last break that they took where they took a couple months off and then came back to it i think after that his art has just been i um i don't want to spoil too much but ever since they uh, went up into the clouds here and this new uh Yes. Uh, the new city. Oh mm-hmm. my goodness, man. It has looked amazing. Just beautiful. I think you're right. I think he had more time with that break. I forgot about that. It was like a three month yeah. break. Sometimes yeah. with, with how many new comics we do, it's right with both of us. You forget yeah. when something is just not there, you just sort of forget sometimes because we have so many others to pay attention to. But you may be absolutely right that Jerome Opeña just had more time to really do this one amazing. Look at all the detail on every single set of eyes in this. It's just amazing. It's top-notch, right? Yeah, definitely. And the way that, uh, the way that he positions people, too. I feel like the way he positions folks, uh, it kind of <clears throat> it, 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 it tells a story sometimes without... Uh, you know, it tells the visual story, you know? Yes. And that's so important with comics. I, I truly believe it's more of a visual media than anything. It, there should be, you should be able to read most of the story without reading any dialogue, at least 80% of it. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah. You should definitely get a good feel for what, uh, you know, what's going on through just looking. Yeah, because it's really exp- hard to explain what's happening in in his Seven to Eternity, this comic book, right? It's like if you want to nail it down and explain it or give a quick elevator pitch, it's tough. Oh, yeah. I mean, the only thing I'd say, um, I-, I would just say it is a very unique fantasy yes. comic and just leave it at that because, man, <laughs> there's, there's too much. It's just, just – I try. Yeah, I'll, when we actually talk about it a little bit later in the podcast, I'll, I'll I'll try to give you this gist, this quick gist that I've sort of come up with, but uh, maybe you can help me. But it's amazing, stunning art. It's gloriously colored, right? It's like a rainbow of colors, so bright. I love oh, the bright yeah. coloring palette. But Jerome Opeña, easily the artist winner of the week for 7 to Eternity, issue number 12 from Image Comics. Thank you, Jerome. Thank you. It's fantastic. And the breakdown. Uh, I read 24 comics. You read 29 comics this week. So many comics. 
<laughs> and out of all of them, only five of them made it to the Great Ones recommendation list. That's right. It's not easy to make the Great Sunspots Comics pick list. Also, there were five new number ones. Do you know how many new number ones you had? I had five. Did you have more than five new number ones this week? Oh, chance? man. I'd have to go back and look, but I think I have, yeah, at least uh, at least two, I think, or three. Right. There were so many. I had five new number ones this week, and two of them wow. actually made it to the top pick list, which is excellent. That's pretty good for five new number ones. And make sure you, the listener, you get those new number ones so you can be in on the fun from the start. So here we go, Ian. You ready? This is the top comic book recommendations. Here we go. This is the list of what we consider the best of the new comic books that just came out. New Comic Book Day, Wednesday, November 7th, our favorite day of the week. We strongly recommend you go and buy these at your local comic book shop today. A spot like Stargazers in Tacoma, Washington. Right, Ian? Oh, absolutely. Best best dudes around, man. I'm telling you. I love, I love my LCS. And they're just some of the best guys. So, yeah, definitely. If you're in town, come and visit. you got to support them. There's only a little over 2,000 shops left. And uh, we got to help them out. So here's our five great comic books this week. Coming in at number five is Outer Darkness, issue number one from Image Comics. This is by Chu, writer John Lehman, an artist that I could not find on social media. I tried to. Tried to cyberstalk this person. It's Afu Chan. Do you know anything about this artist? I don't. I couldn't even I find it. I don't either, no. No, but I uh, I love this. This uh, quick gist is a space adventure mixed with exorcisms. <laughs> and we haven't seen anything like that. It definitely has some Star Trek feel to it with uh, some, some F-rated content, uh, some R-rated content with some F-bombs. Um, I don't think we've seen those two things together, right? Like space adventure, Star Trek with exorcisms? I don't Not think that so. I've ever seen, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> I think it's a definite first, we could say that. Um, I love the uh, unique creation of these, their engines in there. They have like these hate or God engines. Did you catch that? Yeah, yeah. That was, uh, I, I think that's going to have something to do with the whole exorcism thing. I'm not really sure yet, but uh, right. that's it's just like, a, like a they have some death. sort of supreme deity or like supreme demon that powers your ship, so then you get uh, remnants of uh, like ghosts and spirits and whatnot. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what um, really drew me to this. Uh, and definitely it's because it's on my top five too. And uh, fantastic. Yeah. And uh, it, the, to me, fantasy and sci-fi are two of the big, uh, you know, the catch-alls where you can do just about anything you can think of. Yeah. And uh, man, uh, Layman really, uh, he really thought of something crazy, and but man, he made it work. And I just love the way that he, um, I love the way that he does characters. Yes. So I'll say that these these characters are very compelling and fun. Yes, and he does humor really well. And there's a ton of that here. It's like the the captain, which I have already forgot his name. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's just like every other word. He's just foul mouthery, uh, just flying. And uh, he delivers it in a really funny way, and I, I like that. There's almost like a Spock-Kirk uh, relationship between that between his uh, ensign or whatever, his right-hand man guy in this that I think is uh, – he's sort of – they have like a love-hate thing, right? But they always want to be with each other, and I love that. Yeah, yeah exactly. Well, you know, when it's the devil you know, right? Yep. <laughs> it's what you're comfortable with. <laughs> and did you – I like I, I love the attention to detail in all of the outfits of everyone. Did you happen to just look at any of these like – I'm looking at one yeah, right now, yeah. and it's like they really spent some time, this Afu person, with some great like attention to the sort of clothing structure. 
Yeah, just the um, the overall character uh, design in general, I thought was really cool. Yeah, I uh, love that. And there's like a moment, there's a scene. One of my favorite sequences is when uh, they're early on in the middle of some mission, and it's all falling apart. And <laughs> while it's falling apart, there is a, a, a woman character that's sort of helping to fly this ship. And she literally has like an exorcism going on, and like vile green vomit flying from her with like locusts in that in the in the vomit. And it's Which you like, know, of course, how could you have a <laughs> uh, an exorcism without locusts, right? <laughs> exactly. They just come in. It's like you know, it's like when uh, you're you know people that bring tomatoes and uh, and lettuce to a Broadway place. It's just you know it's just automatic. There, <laughs> yeah. locusts are showing up when it comes to exorcism and vomit. <laughs> But I thought that was crazy. And I even just loved and stopped and really paid attention to some of just the beautiful space landscapes in this. Did you happen to see some of these that you liked? Yeah, definitely. And also the um, the ships. I yeah. really liked the ships. The ships were cool. And they usually did the ships in the big, uh, the big space landscape behind it. It was really done really well. Yeah, definitely had this Star Trek-y kind of feel and... You're right. The attention design was just A plus top notch. So Outer Darkness, issue number one, we both recommend it. And coming in at number four is Aaron Boys, issue number two. This is from Image Comics. This is written by DJ Kirkbride, and this is drawn and colored by Nikos Koitsis. Sorry if I pronounced that wrong. But uh, you're a big fan of the Aaron Boys. What did you think of issue number two? Uh, issue number two was good. Um... I think issue number one did the you know did the proper issue one thing where it got you it got you into the world it got you into these characters and now uh, you know now they're starting to push the meat of the plot and everything which yes. I really dug you know it really started getting into uh, it started getting in the characters Jace um, uh, I forget the other uh, Tomic or something yeah it's like Tonk T A W N K that's okay. it yeah. Uh, but yeah, I really, I really like it. Um, the art looks fantastic. I mean, <clears throat> the uh, I, I, it kind of to me, it kind of looks like a, it has like a Fifth Element vibe to it, you know? Yes. Oh, that's definitely yeah. in my notes. To, it's just like a really high, colorful palette, like little darker uh, Fifth Element. Absolutely. Yeah, but totally. Just uh, again, character design is excellent, and why I love sci-fi, man. You can just do you can do just about anything, and your uh, you know your characters are hundred percent original. All yours, you know, you can do crazy stuff, and just the design is is out of this world. <laughs> yeah, hats off to Nikos Koitsis. I, I love it. it's a very cartoony style but at the same it kind of feels like mad magazine a little bit like some of the cartoony aspect and the humor in it there's a ton of fun but you know there's like this this kind of little sweet element here that i enjoy is that they're half brothers and these little moments that they're sort of dealing with each other and kind of getting to know each other at the same time i actually relate i have i have two half brothers i don't call them my half brothers but i have two brothers and uh it, those little moments got to me like the flashback scene with their dad you know that that was like wow they both share a dad and it's just kind of a kind of a difficult upbringing moment that that's very sort of kind of one of those things they have in common between them and I I love that little aspect of it. Yeah, I am. I'm right there with you. I have a half brother too, and I've always uh, had a pretty good relationship with him. And um, but there was uh there was a point where and the roles would be flipped. I I'm younger than him. 
So it would have been, you know, it would have been for him, it would have been just like the comic where it's like, oh, I'm a little bit older, I'm a little bit wiser, I gotta, I gotta deal with this kid now, you know, and I don't know what to do. And yeah, um, I can kind of relate to it, but, um, yeah, I was, I, like 14. Way. I was 14 when my younger brother was born. So here I am like a freshman in high school. And then there's this new baby in the house. It was like right. it was a crazy. And I kind of got that feel from this because, you know, our main character, Jace, is this, uh, you know, this sort of space bounty hunter cowboy guy that runs errands. And he's thrown in with this kid. This kid, They just kind of look, hey, he's got to stay with you. The last remaining, uh, you know, relative. And you got to take uh, your half brother in. And so they're thrown together. And they have this odd relationship, and I could relate to it. And I actually like those little sweet moments. Yeah, and that's that's actually – I like that you said the sweet moments because the thing I, I like about it is that you can tell that he cares. Yeah. You know, you, you can tell um, – I just uh, – yeah, I feel like uh, he made it very um, – he made it very clear that that they're they're headed towards a good place as uh, as brothers, and I like that. Yeah, that he might bring, uh, that having his younger brother there might bring a little semblance of, like, uh, you know, groundedness and for him to kind of get his, Jace's crap together, you know, in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have, a little, have a little normalcy in your crazy life, right? Right. But you already know, like, that, that Tonk, like, looks up to him, right? And I, I, like, I like that aspect. You can feel it, that, that that's happening there. And uh, I, li- I also can't get it out of my head that, that Tonk looks like, a, like Marilyn Manson, like in one of his, like videos do you see that a little <laughs> i'm not a huge fa- manson fan but he just kind of for some reason looks like that yeah a little bit you know right? like a little bit uh even a little bit more pale than he is with makeup on <laughs> right <laughs> but uh, uh that's funny now i can't get that out of my head <laughs> oh I, I, right from the get-go now i'm sorry you're with me now you're stuck yeah. marilyn manson is it's there <laughs> and they both have two different colored eyes so that's also a manson thing that he yeah. does. Oh, I didn't think video. about that either. Yeah. Yeah, this was another one that had those really expansive uh space scenes, you know. Yes. Uh, really really cool outer space stuff and the worlds and and the cool spaceships and And they also get really really dense art there. It gets claustrophobic at times, right? Cuz it's just like a like a mess or it's a real zoom in sequence because there are a lot of large panels in this. Do so you notice like how big the art panel pages were? Yeah, yeah, a lot of the um, really like thick, long panels. Yeah, that, like I remember, there's one or two pages where there's just maybe like three or four panels, but they're all just long. Yes, yeah, there's two pages like that, and I really yeah. appreciate that. I thought that was just a lovely thing. And did you catch the uh, possible Savage Dragon space cop? You know, I'd, I've never, uh, I never read a lot of Savage Dragons, so I didn't catch that. No, I did in the, you know, when it first came out, way a million years ago in the early '90s. But there's this, this, uh, you know, like a parking meter, <laughs> space cop that pulls him over, and uh, it sure looks like a Savage Dragon character to me, except for the like the kind of red chin. But that'd be kind of cool. It is an image property. They're within the family, maybe. You know. Oh yeah, you know, I didn't think about that. Yeah. I just went back and looked, and you're right. That's uh. That is definitely a, right? a nod to the Savage Dragon, I would bet. <laughs> I think so. There's just a little red chin, but maybe that's the makeup uh, the person that this character is wearing. But I thought, well, that's kind of cool. They should tie the Image Universe together a little bit more. I'm, I'm all for it. A little connective tissue. I know that's their thing to not have any connective tissue, but a little something like that sprinkled in so every so often is kind of fun. Yeah, a little homage is nice, right? Right. 
And did you, uh, this backstory, I'm not going to talk too much about it, but I just dug this backstory that had almost no dialogue, and it's just kind of this, this the, that endangered uh, alien bird called the Vazgog, as it's kind of just struggling to stay alive as it's being hunted, and it's trying to protect its youngling. Did you did you dig that? Oh, yeah. Um, right? I like the, like you were saying, the all-visual um just the look at something where you can tell the story through through visuals is really awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's just great. Aaron, Aaron boys, it's fantastic when a issue number two comes out of something, and I think it just kind of steps its game up, and it's way better than the first issue because we mostly expect that first issue to have a lot of punch, right? Yeah. When it, when yeah. it comes here with a lot more of the of the story and the dialogue and everything, and this uh, crazy uh, space adventure of them running errands for people kind of really begins, and you get some backstory, so... That's Aaron Boys. Uh, we're big fans. Get that immediately. That's our number four. So now on to the top three. Picks of the week. Here we go. The big three. Coming in number three is Seven to Eternity, issue number 12. This is our artist winner of the week from Jerome Opeña, and this is written by Mr. Rick Remender. And you're a huge fan of this, Ian, right? And this was your number one pick of the week, so why don't you start out with this? What, what did you like about Seven to Eternity, issue 12? Yeah, I have to say that um, I think Remender for me is definitely one of the best writers out there. Um, I enjoy um, everything I've read from him, uh, and couple him with uh, with Opeña, and like I mean, <laughs> you you just can't go wrong. Like I said, this guy could draw just about anything, and it would look fantastic. So, um, yeah, for me though, I, I like the way that. Uh, I like the way that Remember, uh, well, actually, how both of them have unfurled this world. I mean, this world is so vast that uh, uh, visually it's stunning. Yes. I, like, I mean, every page. And like, like nothing I, you've seen, it's definitely unique yeah, and odd. Yeah. And I mean, and that goes for the writing too, you know? That's why I think I have to make it my number one is it's just all around good. It's, it's just top notch. And, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I feel like uh, I feel like this could be one of my favorite just things out. Period. Yes, I feel like this is a s- solid reread when it comes together and he completes this because I remember oh, hearing yeah. a rumor a long time ago that he was going for twenty five issues on this. Um, we'll see if that you know sometimes sales makes uh, helps make these comics make turns, but I know that's what the early part of him was hoping for. But because uh, it's very dense, you're right, and it's like they give this this journal page from the main characters at uh, named Adam at the beginning of every issue, and it's a full like four paragraphs of reading. Yeah, but I feel like it goes by really quick. I mean, yeah. that might just be me because I'm so enamored with this series, but yeah, it just goes by. And the um, again, the backstory with with um, the uh, I think it's Osidius or Osidus. Something like that. The Mud King, the main bad guy. Without no, the uh, Adam and his family. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the whole backstory is really interesting. Yeah. And the yeah the whole backstory with the Mud King and how he comes to power through the the whispers and whatnot. Yeah, just uh, it's different. You know, it's Very one of different. those fantasy worlds that um, it just builds and builds, and you're like, wow, everything that you learn is something. Just totally crazy and amazing, you know? And in a week where you and I had over 20-plus comics, 
uh, you know, I, I, I would, under other circumstances, if this wasn't, you know, seven to eternity, when I open a comic and the very first page is four pages of dialogue, you know, uh, internally I'm going, oh boy, you know, I got, I got 20 something to read, but I read them because they're interesting, like you said, yeah, and it goes by quickly and it's, and I try to put together a quick gist for anyone that hasn't read seven to eternity yet at all. Uh, you're understanding it's a space adventure, it's crazy colors, it's unique uh, landscaping, something like you've never seen before. There's a main character, Adam, who has been given, made a promise to this Mud King, and this Mud King always follows through with his promises, right? And he at the same time is very ill and dying, and so he wants to ultimately try to save himself, but this promise he made to the Mud King is to save his family in this war, right, against the Mud King's people. Is that what do you think? That's a quick gist. What do you think, Ian? Oh yeah, I'm on board. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> I was saying like I was saying it was tough to 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 boil it down because there's so many more other things happening there. Um, but it is this like amazing adventure road trip that's going on with how also the tide has turned where Adam is uh, you know very much wants to kill the Mud King, but now he wants to sort of keep him alive for other reasons. Um, so it's like uh, the 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 sort of main story plot has turned from where. He wanted to kill the Mud King to now he wants to keep him alive. So it's it's definitely this interesting relationship that's there. But yeah, it's a it's a it's a dense one, right, Ian? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. It just uh man, it has so many twists and turns and and that's just the plot, you know. If you want to get into the world, I mean you could uh Remender could write a twenty page or a, a twenty series book on just yeah. the world itself, you know. Yeah, and I even feel a little bit of Fifth Element in this. I, I feel a little sprinkles of He-Man, like I was telling you before. It just has this look of it. I don't know, a modern-day He-Man. Everything is very bright, right, and rainbow-colored. And it has these just epic space landscape scenes, right, that are just glorious far shots. Yeah, definitely. Whatever this uh, whatever this uh, town is, I forget the name of the town, but it's up in the, up in the clouds. And these uh, airships and stuff are just like they're fantastical and just on such a large scale it looks amazing yeah even the weird balloons they float around on like have a an octopus yeah. sort of thing attached to it that they 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 use as like an airbag to pump these balloons up like it's it's just out there but yeah. a lot of fun <laughs> we highly recommend 7 to eternity it's just been phenomenal and coming in at number 2 is from Marvel Comics. It's Marvel Knights, the 20th anniversary of Marvel Knights, issue number one from one of our, both of our favorite writers, Mr. Donnie Cates. Yo, yeah, Donnie's, yeah, Donnie and Rick, I think for me, are definitely on, on my top list. I'll try just about anything that those two write. Yeah, me too. It doesn't matter if it's got Cates' name on it, I'm, I'm all there. And the art was just stunning. It was just very... Uh, for Marvel, it didn't feel like they're kind of cookie-cutter Marvel artists. A lot of times that they have kind of a, a look to them. This uh, penciler was named Travel... Tra uh, yeah, his first name's Travel, last name Foreman. And uh, I just thought, wow, I, I'm not familiar with Travel Foreman's art, but I will be from now on. But, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. I, I really, really enjoyed this. This week, the top three, by the way, were like... It was, it, it was like a three-way tie. It was tough for me to just... This week to just pick a number one. They all seemed the top three seemed to be great. But what did you think of Marvel Knights' twentieth anniversary issue number one? Oh yeah, I loved it. I loved the um, the premise, the idea. You know, the way that uh, the way that he approaches uh, the way that he approaches the um, you know no spoilers, but the 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 way that he goes at the characters yes. and the, the kind of twist that he has right from the beginning. Right. 
is it's it's smart and different and it really brings the characters because you know in the grandiose marvel world you gotta figure out a way to bring these characters back to back to the ground you know um yeah daredevil especially they seem to really know how to do this with him uh they did it in the the netflix series they brought it back down and you know put him back in hell's kitchen made it made it more grounded and i think that's what what cates has done here with the um with the plot you know he's brought these characters down into a real uh uh you know like a real uh, just like really grounded and and uh you you get the feel for them as characters yeah. versus the big versus the big like uh uh more more for like who they are versus what they are you know what i mean yeah like the avengers seem so far uh you know un- unrelatable in some ways right and and just so far in the sky uh, the avengers right and these these are just more relatable characters that seems like they're set in the real world i think so yeah exactly and uh um, as far as the art goes, I think Matt Murdock, uh, just every single panel that he is in is really done really well. And, right? Uh, yeah, he just he looks so good in his like facial expressions and everything, uh, even through the fact that he's blind. Just yeah, it looks really good. The musculature, right? The detail to all the sort of the, the characters' musculature, just fantastic. Yeah, just very very unmarvel like in a way. It just almost looks like an image comic, like it's. It has a very different view, which it should. It's their Marvel Knights sort of imprint. But uh, I love the... We can talk just lightly about the premise of this in that we're seeing a bunch of Marvel characters here that have completely lost their memory uh, or they've now taken the blue pill and they've awakened from the Matrix or something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I wasn't sure how to approach the the plot there, you know, because I, I, didn't, I didn't want to give away too much. But yeah, it's... Uh, uh, it's just different. Yeah, know? like they awaken and maybe they, the Matrix machine has found them. You know, they took the appropriate pill, but now they're, <laughs> they're, <laughs> their memory is sort of gone. Um, you know, have they lost their powers? We don't quite know. But uh, that's kind of where Donny Cates is going with this. And I love that it, it seems like he has a free pass, Mr. Donny Cates, to play with all of the toy box, the toys in the Marvel's like amazing toy chest. They just kind of... Yeah. Yeah, I think I think he deserves it at this point. <laughs> yeah, he's earned it, right? They're finally like, okay. I, I imagine he's sitting at this table with Marvel, and they just they hand him this card, and it just has a capital M on it, you know. And it's like, okay, you've earned it. Now you can play with all the all the toys in the toy chest. Go crazy, Donnie. <laughs> yep. That's in my mind. I'm sure it's not like that at all. But <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know. I mean, they could probably they could probably be like, well, we have this kind of crazy idea. And, Donnie will be like, well, uh, give it to me. <laughs> right. Let's, let's go. Give me the ball. I'm going to run. Yeah. And that's what he does here. And with this, the concept is, you know, that is interesting. Uh, we definitely are trying to figure out kind of what's happening here. I love that. It's a mystery. We don't really know what's happening. But it looks like the centerpiece is Daredevil, which I am all Daredevil all in. He's just all up inside my brain with everything from the TV series to his own regular series and how fantastic that's been. But uh, I'm all Daredevil all day long. And we get a lot more than that. We get to see some some Punisher in this and uh, some others with a great ending, which I don't want to say who we see there, but what a cliffhanger, right? Oh, yeah, that was that was good. <laughs> and I, I, I don't know why I should have expected it, but <clears throat> I was a little bit uh, I was a little bit surprised by uh, Bullseye showing up. 
Right. But I should have known. I mean, come on. You can't can't do a, a Daredevil book without Bullseye, right? Right, and Kingpin. You know, so, yeah, you got to have yeah. those uh, three. But it's cool, like, how the uh, the relationship between him and Fisk and how he how Fisk just sort of dismisses him in this one sequence. I love that. Yeah, that was very Wilson Fisk in my mind. Right. Oh, and my favorite page, by the way, if you, if you got it open, scroll to it, Ian. It's amazing. This uh, splash page with, uh, with that's... That shows Matt Murdock's Daredevil's radar and how it's expanding from these small circles to larger circles. And in each layer of the circle, there's a different kind of art style in it. Mm. Like, almost like it's different universes. Like Almost like one of the Daredevils in this is uh, the original Daredevil from the 60s. Like It's it's just this glorious splash page. I absolutely I need it on like a poster, on a shirt, and a coffee mug. I need it on everything. It's just gorgeous. Take a look at it. It's right around the page 12. And it's it's amazing. Go look at it, folks. It's oh just, yeah! Wow! So that, yeah, you're right. With the uh, there's even the um, the yellow suit in there. Right. Yeah, that is that is a good one. Uh huh. It's just glorious, and it's just different styles, and it's just I love the shadowing shade of the outer circle. It's like very dark and noir, and he's upside down, and it's just you. I stared at this for a while and just kind of sat there in awe of this beautiful artistic moment from Mister Travel, whatever his last name was, Foreman, Travel Foreman. Which I will now cyberstock. I just love his art, so I got to find everything he does. But uh, fantastic, right? Marvel Knights, way to come yeah, out the gate definitely. with it, number one. But yep. here we go now. Now we're on to the number one top comic book pick of the week. The great one, the champion, the top dog, the supreme leader, the big kahuna. This week's number one comic book pick of the week is Sparrowhawk, issue number two this is our cover artist winner of the week stunning stunning cover which ian and i both agreed on this is written and created by delilah s dawson and illustrated by matthias basla with this gorgeous cover from miguel mercado so i as i said before i felt like it was a three-way tie for number ones yours was uh was seven to eternity this was my number one pick but you also are a fan of sparrowhawk what did you think of this ian sparrowhawk issue number two I really enjoyed the way that uh, Dawson kind of. Uh, I really enjoyed the way that she introduced us into this world, but I'm even more impressed with the way that she's kind of continuing it. Right. And uh, I like the way that she introduced this new character. Yes. Uh, he looks amazing. The way. Um, <clears throat> for for those that haven't read number one, it gets a little bit violent. Uh, yes. For for the main character and. Uh, they introduce this fella, and he's a pacifist, and I like that, you know, the contrast. Right, especially in a world where the more things you kill in the world of fairy, the more powerful you become, and he's chose to just be a pacifist? I thought that's right. interesting character design right there. And this, yeah, this feels exactly. like, doesn't it, did it feel to you a little like Pan's Labyrinth? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, just kind of, uh, the way, the way that, uh, the, yeah, the um, the rabbit hole that they're going down. Yes. Yeah, it's very good. And tons of slanted panels, not only the cover, right? Did you notice how many times they just sort of do oddly slanted panels so that you, you never kind of know which way is up? And there's even this moment when they're in this tree that they're using to travel through a different, go to a different area. And it's like up is never up and down is never down. It's like all the this, this slanting angles are going in all directions. Yeah, the twisted, uh, twisted like oak tree type thing. Yeah, yeah. And it, I love the concept too that it seems like the longer she's there, she's losing her memory. Like she's sort of losing the sort of who she is and remembering remembering moments. 
she just seems to be forgetting like the longer she's there so she's obviously kind of metamorphosing and turning into something at one point even she physically metamorphoses what did you think of that particular scene yeah i think uh i think all of it kind of comes back to that um the victorian feel that it has to it and the more like uh the more like victorian fairy fairy tales yes of like uh what are they called um when they're uh, troublesome and and uh, they like to get in trouble and they like to uh, you know prod people and uh, they're just they're troublemakers you know yeah, and I really like I like the way that she she gets into that yeah that Crispin creature right that kind of jackalope thing fanged yeah, monster yeah is like is bonded with her and has to remain uh, saying the truth on everything but finds a way to make it difficult for her to know what the truth is like he's purpose purposefully like you said being mischievous yeah there you where, go it's mischievous that's that's what i was looking for yeah and that she's trying to just get out of there because ultimately in issue one there was this like snow queen that switched places with her and took her her look and her identity basically and wants to sort of destroy the world or open the portal to bring both worlds together. And so she's just trying to get home. But as time goes along, she's forgetting home. And she is like also having to murder things and kind of become this other thing uh, to, to gain power to go home. So it's like this this ironic uh, design as well that she's losing herself and she has to kill things, uh, which makes her lose herself more to leave this land, right? Like, I just love the concept of that. Yeah, exactly. The whole uh, the whole way that she approaches the world and the lore is just really cool. It's very done very well, and you can tell that she she's done her homework on fairies, you know. Yeah, right. And then kind of twisted it, of course, and kind of made it her own. But yeah, the the elf she meets is an interesting designed character. Not only from the look of it, it looks like a half vampire, half elf, which you'd consider a <laughs> yeah, elf. very very goth looking, right? Yeah. Very goth looking. But then you kind of thought it's going to go one way with that character, and we find out this character is the sort of outcast of this elf, uh, you know, um, matriarch family, and is a pacifist. So it's like, again, can she trust this character? She's in this weird world trying to get out of it, and now she has sort of two questionable characters there, you know, that have their own sort of agendas. It's like uh, her, like, naivete is slowly going away, right? And she's becoming more vicious, and not herself but yeah i'm i'm all about it it's a metaphor for so many things i've just loved it like i said it's really a three-way tie in my opinion for all of these would you agree oh definitely yeah um all unique and very uh very special in their own ways with with really good art really really beautiful art yeah the sparrowhawk is stunning and beautifully colored and just again rainbow of colors uh much in the vein of seven to eternity if you will the coloring there it's just, um, and then uh, Sparrowhawk seems to live a little more in the dark. There's these moments where she's going through a labyrinth with tr- with these bushes. I felt Pan's Labyrinth there. So it's, if you like dark fairy tales, you're going to love Sparrowhawk, right? Oh, yeah. Right. Well, there you go. That's our, uh, that's our list. Those are our new comic book recommendations this week for new comic book day, November 7th. Let's lock that vault door. Please go to a local comic book shop and buy these comic books immediately. We strongly recommend it. Right, Ian? Oh, absolutely. Uh, support your local comic shops, please, because uh, we need them. We need them yes. to stick around. They're wonderful places. So They are. They're a wonderland. They're a joy, and they got we need more of them. Uh, if you have questions, comments, or you want your own personal comic book recommendation, 
email me directly at chris at sunspotscomics.com or ian would you also like to give your email out in case someone has questions for you uh yeah my email is uh e-b-o-m-b-s it's ebombs at gmail fantastic and to see everything that the sunspots comics universe to have it all encapsulated in one place just even to see my favorite picks of the week since may of 2015 please go over to sunspotscomics.com click on the pull list you'll see i just updated it today there's 101 comic book titles that i'm currently reading that's a lot have you put your do you know how many are in your pull list ian like the Uh, exact number I could ask my buddies, but yeah, I think it's somewhere around yours, 100 plus, definitely. <laughs> wow. <laughs> also, please click click on Top Comic Books of the Week if you want to see all of the past Top Comic Book picks. They're all there. I update my website every week. I'm very proud of it. Go check out sunspotscomics.com and sign up for our newsletter at sunspotscomics.com slash contact. And hey, if you want some free comic books, would you like some? Well... From time to time, as a thank you to you, the listener, I give away some Marvel Digital Comic Book Codes on Sunspots Comics Podcast. There's still some unclaimed codes available. Just listen to past Sunspots Comics Podcasts that are on the feed, grab the Marvel Digital Comic Book Code that I usually read around the beginning of each podcast, go to marvel.com slash redeem to punch in the code and see if you won. It's that easy, so good luck and go get them. And thank you to our sponsor, Cryptid Zoo, my buddy Julian... He hand-makes these awesome augmented reality t-shirts based on cryptozoology. Ian, I definitely recommend you check them out at cryptidzoo.com. Use the uh, HP... Yeah, you gotta look at it. It's gorgeous. Oh yeah, I'm going there right as soon as we're done. (laughs) Sweet. Check out the... uh, You get your HP Reveal app and your smartphone and every Cryptid Zoo t-shirt. They come to life in this video presentation. It's crazy. You gotta see it. Uh, But most importantly, go to cryptidzoo.com and use the promotional code SUNSPOTSCOMICS and you'll get 25% off of your order that's right it's cryptidzoo.com so let's wrap it up ian thank you so much for uh for coming out i, I really appreciate being on the podcast i'd love to have you on again sometime if you had fun oh absolutely anytime you want man this has been this has been a lot of fun and and uh, you can't twist my arm enough to talk about comics you know let's do it man i'm all in next week uh podcast 183 i'll be reading 15 comics on my pull list for next week what does your pull list look like Oh, you know what? I haven't even looked yet. Yeah, I bet I you. If we're we're reading a lot of the same comics, so you have 15, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> and it's that's New Comic Book Day, November 14th, coming up. There's three new number ones that I'm definitely going to want to check out. But our promise here at Sunspots Comics, I will read them all, and I'll only tell you about the great ones so you can save some time and save some money. And please help us out by just telling a nerdy loved one to check out the Sunspots Comics podcast. Spread the word, right, Ian? Oh, definitely. That's the best way to do it. Tell people what you love. That is right. And go to iTunes. Please give the Sunspots Comics Podcast a few positive words with five stars. We'd really appreciate it. If you do, I'll actually give you a shout-out on a future podcast, and I will mail you a comic book prize pack right to your door as just a small token of my appreciation. And by the way, every link, every website we mentioned today, and everything we discussed on the podcast will be on the podcast notes, so check those out. But thank you so much for listening to the Sunspots Comics Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. Ian, thanks for being here. Hey, thank you. Now go spend some time and some quality time with the ones you love by reading comic books together. And be like water, my friends. And what do we say here at Catchphrase at the very end of every podcast, Ian? Say it with me. One, two, three. To be continued. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks again, Ian. Take care, huh? Hey, thank you. All right. Bye-bye, everyone. Bye.
same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Where love no further friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow It's Sunspots Comics now